0: Welcome to Black Boys and Men, Changing the Narrative, a podcast series sponsored by the McSilver Institute for Poverty Policy and Research at the NYU Silver School of Social Work and the Community Technical Assistance Center of New York. I'm your host, Jason Jones. This series brings together thought leaders, community members, and individuals with lived experience to discuss and dispel the myths and stereotypes surrounding black boys and men, while providing facts and best practices for those working with these often marginalized populations. While families come in many forms, we often downplay the role that mothers have in the lives of young Black boys. As a Black man raised by an amazing Black woman, I know all too well the struggles that my mother endured, and the strength and perseverance that she carries with her to this day. This podcast focuses on the mothers of Black boys, the unsung heroes who are more than deserving of our praise. We're pleased to be joined by Priscilla Shorter, a researcher and parent partner, and Shawana Kemp, a singer and teacher. Priscilla and Shawana, thanks for joining us. Tell us more about yourselves and your sons.
1: Well, my name is Shawana Kemp. I am currently working in the Department of Education as a special ed teacher. Uh, This year, I'm teaching English. Previously, I taught history. I love history. I work with a lot of young people, but my joy is Zachary, my son, who is 10 years old for another month. And he just uh, entered the sixth grade today, and it was very interesting because he's gotten big very quickly. It's like, who are you? Okay.
2: <laughs> Hi, my name is Priscilla. Um, I work for, uh, I work in research um, at NYU Child Study Center. I'm a parent partner and a project coordinator, working on a lot of different grants that deal with children's mental health and Provide like a parent's perspective, a community perspective, and one of my greatest joys—one of two of them—is my son Naim. He's now a young man. He's 25 years old, and we're going to talk about um, some of our challenges. I guess.
1: Yes, and in addition, mm-hmm. I also do kind of all things children. So I also have a band. I'm a founder, a CEO. Creative director of Shine in the Moonbeams, <laughs> which is, you like all of those titles, um, which is a soul band for children. We are kind of known, and I actually write songs that speak to some of the things we're gonna speak about today. I'm, I'm very inspired and responsive to what I feel c- children, young people need to hear and know. Personally, and and just in terms of you know, globally or as global citizens. So,
2: yeah. And what is what's kind of beautiful about that whole thing is that this was a response to you becoming a mom because you were you were a performer and a you know full sing, time full time doing your thing. But you kind of translated that into for the love of your son. You translated it into this whole kind of career, which is true. A lot of it speaks to.
1: Oh, he's—he definitely changed my life. Yes. And so there are people who knew me pre-Zachary and, <laughs> and post-Zachary, and there there are some definite changes that um, are are very very glaring. And um, even for me, like there are things that I would not have ever thought that I would do. And or and things that I would not have done if he not. I don't think I would have done certain things if he were not born. And I think that speaks to mothers all over the world. It changes them, motherhood. Yeah. But as it specifically relates to him as a, a a young man, a brown boy, a black boy, there are definite concerns that I think are very different than the concerns that you may have for a daughter. Mm.
2: Yeah, it's true, and I have one of each. Yes. So it's definitely true. The concerns are not to say one is worse than the other, but I always tell my I always used to tell my daughter, you know, I know you're going to be okay, mm-hmm. so, to a certain degree, because you have all these different women to look up to. I'm your mom, even though I'm the same mom that's raising my son. It's a difference between teaching them to be men in the world a certain way or just to be in the world a certain way because they definitely do go through a period where they're just, they're anti-mom. Sorry, mm-hmm. they're anti, they're, they're, they're going to reject. That's just boys anyway. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely agree with you. There are dif- they're different concerns for raising young black boys and than girls. But, some, you know, don't want to negate one or the other, but there's definitely an overt concern is like keeping them safe and alive more so than you feel for your daughters.
1: And aware, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and and cultivating a certain level of awareness that they will receive. Yeah. And 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 conversations that need to be had first by you so that they can be able to put in put certain things in context. Like what? I feel like I have to I guess if we were talking about blows, I feel like I have to arm him with the possible things that might come up so that he can have his first shock with me. you have an example? Just like, just telling him that, you know, people are not nice. People are not always going to be kind. Sometimes people want to see you sweat. Yeah. People are mean. Mm-hmm. People will find, they will go for the juggler. And sometimes it's because you look well taken care of. You look you know kind of even okay. So, how can I make you feel as uncomfortable as I feel? I you know, so just having conversations at his level in terms of like peer to peer, we discuss things that come up on television in a very real way or the lack of black people Mm -hmm. on television and how that's not a reality in his city, in his school, you know, on the subway, like this world is manufactured. The world that you're looking at on Disney, Mm -hmm. that is, I don't know. I'm, I'm yes, there are rooms like that, but is not reflective of New York City. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to know that that's not necess- that that's not the complete picture.
2: Mm-hmm. And he does he respond well to that?
1: Oh, he like knows I'm going to tell him. I'm like I can't do it. Please turn it off. <laughs> I know
2: because he, I know for me when I was um raising Naeem and I was pretty young, so that kind of you know, contributed to the craze of you know raising a young black boy, and I kind of make sure I do it right. You know, you remember how it was. Mm-hmm. I was like, very, uh, like, just took my job very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I would be so stressed out about you know stigmas. I remember at one point when Naim, in her, in a reaction to bullying, um, in school, picked up a chair mm-hmm. and threw it. I was working for Special at the time. I remember just having this. I did it was I wasn't as engaging as you were. I mean after the fact I was. I was like, you're not going to go to special ed. You're not going to be labeled. You know, they want to give you another label. You're already a young black boy. And and I think it was too much for him. Yeah. I mean, I, I had to have a conversation later because being that young and then if I know what the pressures are, but then I put them on him. Yeah. And then I had to come back and, you know, I had to always keep coming back to kind of fix it because those were the fears. It's like, you're going to have another, yet another Label on you and you because you already you already up it's already you already got this stacked against you but now you're gonna start acting up and it was in in, in in my mind I was like yeah finally he's getting these bullies off of him because he went through a whole stage where they were bullying him a lot and I was like in one way I was like I'm glad he stood up for himself but mm-hmm. the way the school reacted oh we got to have a meeting oh you know so it's it's good that you having these conversations proactively and that's what I I eventually worked towards getting. But I remember when Naim was Zachary's age, just being overwhelmed with. I just didn't want stigma on him. I didn't want all these different things on him because he already he already you know and him, him having his his medical issues, having a sickle cell, which is quote unquote black disease as well, all these other things going on. I I remember just totally overreacting to 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 certain things and just being like, oh my God,
1: this is I can't you know just being just. Wanting everything to be okay, you know. Well, and 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 it comes out of trying to control the piece that you can control because, yes. <laughs> which was I thought was him. You yeah, can't control your kids, either. That, that's a whole. But new story. socially, while you have while you have dominion socially, where you can control certain things, you can put him at this school, at this in this space mm-hmm. or camp, or you want to make. Sure that they are armed with
2: yeah.
1: the information. It's sure. a slippery slope, and, it it, and it's and it's very. It to me, and I always talk about this. You know, it, it, it's a. I think we all do it, but now that we're older, we 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 just naturally, as you said earlier, code switch. There, there is this social duality that you have that you yeah. have to mm-hmm. sort of teach them very early.
2: And I think that when I always say I'm so happy I have my children young, but I think. Just maturity that I have now. And then mm-hmm. I think I was a mature enough mom then, but certain things just took me out. Like that thing, like I would have had more of a vocabulary, you know. Not try to be – because I think at one point I just put too much fear mm-hmm. into – Naeem, and we talked about it as, when he became an adult. It was just like, it was just always being scared, scared, scared all the time, and that puts them him in a state, and I think that's what we do. I think a lot of
1: mothers, we do that, for our children anyway, but especially when you have a, a young black boy. But I think it's also informed by the times, mm-hmm. because I think when, you know, Naeem was that though young, it you know, New York City, what are we talking, the 90s? Yes. 90s. The 90s in New York was not, I mean, there, there were very, very clear streets that no, you did was, not want to go down you know there, was a, there no. was a gang problem there was no, a gang problem was very, there was a mm-hmm. p- there was a crack residue yes it was, it was a residue because <laughs> that was the 80s <laughs> yeah it was still very there was a lot of you know the drug dealer there was a lot of negative categories that were definitely if you you know living in america living in urban New York.
2: No, it was very, present. It, I was mean, very I present. it was very it was very present. And it was very much a thing of trying to protect him from, you know, at first it was from just the the uh the environment that we lived in. Mm-hmm. We lived in Bedford Stuyvesant, which wasn't what it is now. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't as gentrified as it is now. There was no there was literally blocks and blocks of just stores that
1: just weren't even being used. If you want to go to the corner store, Mm -hmm. it was dimly lit. It was Mm -hmm. a bulletproof window that, you know, can I have a bag of potato chips through this window? So I mean like so so I really sometimes also feel like so you had your son young girl and I had Mm -hmm. my son in In the thirties. In my Mm thirties and the world has is different. You know, Harlem. I live in Harlem. Harlem is very different, but is it really though? Well, as
2: far as the things that are going on, yes, we're talking about the neighborhoods that that are that are different because even
1: I think that socially there is there is a belief that it is, and so (laughs) here you go, yes. (laughs) And I think you know, I think there is a collective consciousness that people in New York because I can't speak to certain other parts of... But I do believe that people do, because there is such a different kind of culture collide here, that I do believe that people are, whether they're Hispanic or white or black, I do believe because we we really deal with each other, we do kind of collectively want it to be better. I do believe that. It's a belief, but... Um
2: yeah, I guess it's a belief.
1: And I think that the kids—I mean, having working with kids—I don't think the kids of today really understand racism or colorism or the way the way it was 15 years ago. I don't think they don't believe that there is necessarily a race issue. And I, and I speak to. Them.
2: And at the same time. Mm-hmm, because they can't not. They're on Facebook. They have to know that.
1: They do, but, but it, I think it's very distant from them. And, the, and I mean, in, and, of course, you know, I work at a segregated school. I mean, you know, New York is a very segregated school system. Mm-hmm. And, like, today we have a new gym teacher. So the gym teacher is a white dude. And so this was just set off. And this I'm talking to a student. He goes, oh, he doesn't look like he works here. And I say, well, what do you mean? He just looks like he works at a good school. What's a good school? That's what I said. I said, well, you just, and of course, I just said, I'm just going to play devil's advocate with you because you just also said that I'm your favorite teacher and I helped you, you know, really understand English last year. But then at the same time, you're telling me that he looks like he works at a good school. And I said, so where do I look like I work? (laughs) and he was like I didn't mean it that way I said but I want you to take ownership of what that what the connotation of that means and what and Mm -hmm. what and where you get that from but we already know where they get it from that statement spoke volumes yeah
2: it spoke volumes yes they want people want to believe because what the appearances are all these neighborhoods are being gentrified and you know you, you got a Starbucks on every corner but it really in their in the perception of their minds, like, they still feel like they're less than. They're not, you know, they're, well, not, they're, they're not good enough or they're, you know. They're on the outside. Yeah, they're on the outside. And, like, he, what does that look like? He looks like he works at a good school. Like, that, it breaks my heart to hear stuff like that. And then, like you said, when you have people, like, we know so many educators who are going and making differences. Like, every educator that I know, from you, you to my daughter to whatever, you're, you're making positive impact for that to still be the perception.
1: Well, and that is that is where we have to also consider what has shaped those perceptions. And so, you know, now we're, look, we have all of these 21st century kids on these devices all day looking at. So now before it was just, you know, m- a couple of channels, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But now, like, we have cable. We have web. Yeah, what YouTube, it, yeah, all, YouTube, of, all things, of these things, and yeah. mm-hmm. and I still feel like in the concrete stage of development, kids are making kids are making assessments of what is better. They're qualifying mm-hmm. what's happening in their lives versus what's happening in to, on television. I mean. And it is sold to us even very cleverly through programming. You know, you have people who are doing the laundry in these palacious garages and, you know, the cars outside in front of these homes that are, you know, in the, in terms of like what we know, what we know today are, so, and where are these, where are those homes and who are these people? And. And so, if you're a kid who is four, I mean, I see kids now in the stroller with iPhones. So so I think it begins there. It really begins, and, and it, so you have to, if you're not talking to your yes, yes, that's
2: what you
1: if you're not talking to your your son, and telling him to turn that television off. Or even just talking about
2: whatever he's like you said, whatever that there's whatever whatever it is that they're seeing on TV, letting them know this is not reality. I know I know you say you do that with Zachary. I was that's one thing I did do too. Mm-hmm. We were always first of all heavily screened everything that Naeem watched until he mm-hmm. was pretty much a teenager and always having a conversation with something that was disturbing or there's something that made him upset or whatever. But that's not happening. So even in the, even even with us having all these devices, all this access to information, all these different things, there's still this thing of I'm not worthy or I'm not, or he looks like he works in a good school, it's its its still, everything is still prevalent, you know what I'm saying? So even though there's different times, I'm just trying to make the connection to Zachary it, that age and then Naeem. Like how what, what, what happens? What, what's, in the the common thread what's
0: the common with, thread with us?
1: Yeah. Well, we have a community yeah. of mm-hmm. like minded yes. people. Yep. And mm-hmm. that is that is very, very important. Like we have hand selected yes. our tribe. And it's very interesting because even Zachary's very funny story. Um, if we have a friend in common who's fancy. You know, so if I see something, if I go to the store and I'll pick up something and he'll go, no, that's not you. That's Alicia. And I'm like, what do you mean? I can't wear diamonds. (laughs) 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 So so there's the impact. So all of these people and all of and, you know, and the 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 politics and the social justice and the constant, you know, our our. True, it's constantly engaging with information. So if you're growing up around that, you're getting yep. this other, this counter argument, this 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 other point of view. But if you're not growing up in a house that will will have somebody debate
2: yes. the yes.
1: other issue, mm-hmm. or we're gonna agree to disagree. Or say every time my, our friend that we have in common sees Zachary, it since he's been born, she gets in his face, mm-hmm. in at his level, and tells him every time she sees him, "You are gorgeous. Yep. You are so beautiful, Zachary. Those eyes, those lips, those." <laughs> I, it's 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 like okay, can I? Can, excuse me, excuse me. I'm just gonna go and get a glass of water while you guys mm-hmm. get in, but. I know that that has to do something to him on a cellular level when she does that. And it also tells me what I also then need to be saying to him more often.
2: It's, but it's so, I'm just saying, it's hard.
1: We can't do it all. Oh, we can't do it all. This is the same. This is is the same thing. But when she does it, yeah. But it it, it makes me go, yes. Tomorrow I'm going to say the same thing.
2: Not even that. It's like, it just, like, they need that outlet because moms and Shawana and I both are, I hate to use the word, single mom, but we do a lot of the parenting and you, it's, it's so incumbent you have to have someone you have to have your tribe and this is their god this is my children's godmother as well who helped me raise my children so you do need that extra eye on whatever it is you're doing with your son who has a conscious mind because that a lot of times she's like priscilla i'm like naim he's driving me crazy he's doing this she says that's what normal boys do so you definitely need it's like we don't do it all alone it's, it's definitely a, a village it's a village um and you have to go to your uncles, my brothers at times. Well, He's just acting out. When Naeem's behavior was out of control, and I've always, I've never been very, um, I've been not so, what's the word? I'm thick-skinned when it comes to like Naeem having his blow-ups and stuff, because I always feel like boys need to have that rage, and girls too. I don't like for it to get the disrespect, but sometimes when a man sees it, oh, don't disrespect respect your mother, like, and we'll mm-hmm. like not him them up, but we'll take them to the side and say, have a conversation with them, Help get them get them down that level. Because as great as we are, and I think we are, we're phenomenal black women. Women raising boys are amazing. You definitely rely on the village, on the village, and you rely on the uncles or the aunties and the godmothers and everybody else who helps with that. But I always feel feel for the people who don't really have that, you know, have the eyes
1: on it like that. Um, and 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 also the knowledge of of really what it really requires cuz it's not if you're going to be really at the wheel, it's it's not it's not easy because you're creating an appetite, right? So so if you give your kid junk, they're going to want junk if you give your kid culture and opportunity you know what I mean they're gonna want more there's an expectation that where are we going what are we doing (laughs) you know what I mean we've been in the house all day and it's like well sometimes it bees like that it's a blizzard outside you know and I work with a lot of kids and young people who you know they don't have a lot of support and, and um, they don't have, they have very fractured relationships with their, their mother or they live with their grand, you know, their grandparents. They're struggling with, you know, and there's some of them are in shelters. I mean, some of them are struggling with undiagnosed depression or sexuality issues. And I remember when I first started teaching, I just, I was in my own bubble, I was in my, like I said, I was in my hand-picked village bubble. So when I saw these people, I didn't know, I didn't, you know, I didn't necessarily know their reality, personally speaking. I know that it exists, but to see someone every day, five days a week, and have to deal with whatever they're dealing with or responding to, and knowing that, oh, You know, she's pregnant, and you know, 14, 15, whatever, or they're living in a shelter, or her mother died. You know, I mean, I had a kid who had his head on the desk all year, and his mother died. So I handle him differently. And that's what's not happening with, unfortunately, black boys. That we kind of, as a society in 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 general, I believe, they leave out that 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 there's a personal narrative there.
2: Yeah, and that's when, And that's in getting back to that, getting back to us and our and our sons. That's what the, that's what irritates me. It's yeah. just like once they get to a certain age, when they're not little boys anymore and they're not cute anymore, it's like they no longer human. They're yeah. like these little thugs or these little people are grabbing their purse like Naeem talks about that all the time he was like I'm not even thinking about you know women grabbing their purses when they see me or crossing the street and that's when it's
1: hurtful it's
2: very hurtful and has Zachary gone through that yet because I know I know having to talk to Naeem about it was hard The teenage years were hard because not only was he we moved to an area where it was more it was in Fort Greene now so he Came from bedside of Port greens. so he's saying to mommy, this this white woman, she just grabbed her purse, you know, when she saw me. So he wasn't used to because he he we were in an all-black community. And then also having other young men his age wanting to do him harm because he was different. So it was such a frustrating, angry time because he he has he was dealing with the racism and he was dealing with guys wanting to recruit him, people wanting to rob him because my son was robbed so many times, an iPhone. You know, he's he, he trying to give them things that you really should, should. But just he just had all this anger inside of him because he was dealing with, and not so much the, 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 because the, the racism stuff, because that came when he was much older, but when he was like 13, 14, but just dealing with really young other young men that looked like him trying to do him harm. You know, and it's hard to tell them that's all about self hate.
1: Yeah, because you
2: know, that's what it's about. <laughs> he don't want to hear that. You know, well, I knew and, what and, it was about, but I'm like,
1: <laughs> and you don't really know what that even means yeah. until you, you know, been around long enough to understand. Um, I don't not. I, he hasn't done the. I mean, Zachary's still very cute, and he's ten, so it's mm-hmm. still he's still in the young boy phase. But I did experience him. With, uh, I remember having been, you know, in grad school and learning about what happens in the fourth grade. And so in the fourth grade, it was ridiculous to really see. So basically they say in the fourth grade, that's when they start to, teachers start to make those um, mm-hmm. disconnects. And one of the things, and it was so uncanny because it was like the first day I said, do you like it? No, I don't like it. She's, she, I could just tell it's going to be a long year, and it was. I was dealing with this woman's preconceived notions of who these children were. Yeah. And even when she found out that that was not the case... Her, and because it was very, um, I mean, the stereotype. You know, the school yeah. is in Harlem. Yep. This class is predominantly black boys and girls. And her, she said, now you're, I'm actually incorrect. You know what she did that was, uh, she said, I had given him a clipboard to do his homework. No no excuses. Do your homework on the train. So I had given him a clear clipboard. And he loves stuff. He loves, you know, acting like, now the clipboard is amazing. So he brought it to school. And so he had it. And she said, that's my clipboard. And he said, no, it's not. And she said, yes, it is. You took the clipboard off of my desk. That's my clipboard. And so he, of course, said, no, it's not. It's my mom's. And she made him Give her the clipboard, and she basically accused him of stealing this clipboard. So, of course, I had to. I asked, Well, did she do this in front of the class? And he said, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a clipboard. We all know that if you're going to steal something, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be a clipboard. I don't think that that's something that people are going to go to the wall about. So I called her and she had, you know, written me an email and I said, well, it was my clipboard. I gave it to him. And my issue was that you didn't give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And I just don't like who you're framing him to be. He, is nev- he has nothing. He wants for nothing. He's spoiled, in fact. <laughs> he doesn't have any reason to lie to you. And he lo- He liked school. I said, this has been one of the worst years because all he can interpret your behavior yeah. as is you don't like me. Yeah.
2: And that's, yeah.
1: You don't like me. And it's too early for him to be forming an opinion of himself in this in this space that he has to be five days a week. That's a long day. Because
2: that's very powerful, though, because mm-hmm. that's exactly what happens, mm-hmm. and it happens to the boys before it happens to the girls. Yeah. So that is that is that's actually really powerful because he and he already knew and you he had the language. that says, "I just don't like it." And he, Zachary loves school. He loves learning to be in a, a, a classroom with a woman
0: mm-hmm.
2: all day who has all these preconceived notions about who she thinks you are without even knowing you. Like, she you eat them, and even just not even to give you, like, in her mind, whatever her preconceived, she didn't even give them the benefit of the doubt to pull them to the side. Mm-hmm. Did
1: it in front of the whole class. And then also with singling out the little girls. So they also create this this other issue. Girls acclimate to school much, better. much better.
2: They
1: do. They play house. They like to talk. Mm-hmm. They They sit for longer. So... Already, we have that natural inclination, and now you have someone who is singling out how amazing the girls are. Mm-hmm. So then you have that gender thing as also. You have that like, no, yeah, I can't win, yeah, no, because I, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here
2: with my hands folded all day, and then, and <laughs> not even, not even attempt to, because everyone's so conditioned. Like, if someone needs to fidget a little bit, mm-hmm. that's fine, as long as they're engaged in learning. Mm-hmm. I went through that with my brothers, but I also started with my son and my daughter. My my Everyone was like, oh, Priscilla, she's a doll, because it's true. I could sit still for long times. You know what I'm saying? My younger brother always tells me, coming up behind you was hard because they expected me to be you. Mm-hmm. So, And and I could tell, it was not that we, the, the difference in our intellect or anything, it's just like my brother is a few shades darker than me because we we're all the rainbow and my mother's, you know, and it, it just wasn't that, I, I just felt like it was because I was a cute little girl yeah. that they, I got more accolades, I got more attention, I got more positive attention. Mm-hmm. And then even with Naeem and Asha, you know, mm-hmm. my son was like, oh, school is just not for me. He, he, young, he would say stuff like that. Oh, Asha is the smart one. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's so it's, it's true, you really do see that. Young, at school, and he never took to school. Because yeah. he never felt like he got a chance. And he's extremely intelligent, you know what I'm saying? So, But he always felt like that was for, you know, Asha, she's a smart one. Because she, you know, she did better in school. That's a profound story about his fourth, fourth grade experiences.
1: Well, and I, you know, I will take somebody to task. And the other thing that has been important for him is to see that I will. Yes. I will take Mm -hmm. you to task.
2: They give you a problem about your kid, and and I've been through many school problems because of Naeem
1: or he's this, he's that, or whatever. What's the plan? But I also believe that mothers of boys do need to think about who is this kid? What do I see in this personality that I'm going to cultivate, that I'm going to invest in so that I can keep him... Activated, engaged, exposed, doesn't absolve all your fears, but it but it does make him feel a little that he has choices, and so some of us stop at oh I don't have the money, so, and you know there's always a way in my opinion, or some of us stop at you know. It's convenient for me to put this kid down the block at this school because it's close. But it might not, it might be the, you might be feeding him to the lions every day and creating and helping create this. this But I understand, and and I just have to push back with that just a little bit because
2: that's coming from you, a very educated woman with means, Mm listen, to the world. And I'm talking about education before you were educated, before you were "quote unquote" formally educated. Just being in a world a certain way. Some people, all they know is a street to school down the street.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They're not they they're working two and three jobs and don't have the means still to get the kid what they need to get. Or even they're so tired when they come home, they don't they can't. Because I'm this is the parent advocate in me because mm-hmm. this, because this is this is what this is what you're dealing with with your students. You make the way there's few and far between i i made the way somehow some some way we did that, but we had something, something else operating. Like maybe it was our tribe. Maybe it was what we had, what we were exposed to. Maybe it was all the reading we did, when we were in college, or whatever, whatever it was. Was we had something else operating? Some people, all they see is what's in front of them. That school down the block. This is what I can. This is when I can get to, them to before I can get to my job. Before I get fired. Yeah. I don't want to go into like the feeding to the lions. The lions should know better. We should not be feeding any any school. And I, I hate to say should, but it's just it's just we can't. The onus is on, my opinion is the educators. Same so way you you educate. Yeah, there we go. But so you're an educator, but it's a partnership. It is. No, it is a partnership, and I'm not. And I'm not parents at
1: all. I'm not. I don't want to blame. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and if I was going in that direction, thank you for <laughs> curbing. No, me. I don't want to blame either. But but, but they're, they're and I don't know. Like I mean, like listen, I, I I can I only can do what what I know and what I can. You know, I dropped Zachary off today, school, sixth grade, and I whispered, I told him, I said, you know, the beauty of school is that every year is a new year. You get to be whoever you want to be That's today. Beautiful. You get to be whoever you want to be today. And the guy I like is that guy that loves language, that I said, you are enough, and I want you to be in, on purpose, and if they can't handle it, oh, well. <laughs> And I said, it's be on fire. Mm -hmm. You know, be present. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I really agree with in what I try to walk with is positivity. You know, because I think we can get hankered down in like, you know, Mm -hmm. what what is possible that is negative. But I also try and strike the balance of what is possible that is positive mm-hmm. as well. Zachary has perfect pitch. He doesn't care, but I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. perfect pitch is a big deal, meaning he can hear a song once and sing it. And so I kind of make him go to <laughs> the New York City, um, what's it called, uh, Young, Young People's Choir and uh they rehearsed in Lincoln Center, and through my singing, I met the the chairman of the board, and I was like, "My son can sing and um so I got him in but and and then I had to let go because They had a real audition process, and so they gave him the. And so the woman turns around. I've been telling him he has perfect pitch forever, but the woman turns around and says, "Oh my God, you have perfect pitch!" And he like lit up because sometimes they just can't hear it from you. You could say it like a million times, and they're like,
2: "That's it. That's that's the The battle of being a parent. So,
1: but the beauty of like just finding something that he can do, even if he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't know that that's an option yet. Even if he doesn't want to do it, he can do it. And I sort of impart that even to kids that don't belong to me. You know, and I think, like, today was a g- really beautiful day because it's not often, you know, kids don't lie. So, you know, when it's not often that you are in a job space where people, when you walk through the door, and they're like, oh, my God, Miss Camp. <laughs> you know, so that's a beautiful thing. And I And I know that that's not because... I'm the most amazing, you know, teacher on the planet. It's because I care. It's because you're their most amazing teacher. I would have fun with you as a teacher. I show up. (laughs) Yes. I try to make it fun, and I try to make them find what's interesting and unique about you and to turn that on
2: Mm -hmm.
1: when you show up in a space. And that's what I do do with Zachary because I said, the world will try to tell you who you are and – And that's what. Yep. And you and and you you do have the right to say you you can't possibly be talking about me, and so I try to impart that to him that he can disagree with that. He can, you know, live somewhere else. You know, like he he has he has options. Yeah. And that you know I think sometimes we get into this thing where we think America's the only place that you can live. I mean, we're global citizens. <laughs> you know, I walked into this place, and Zachary, I'm, I'm kind of loud and funny, and I sing, and I do all these things. I break out into song. I'm talking about all of these things. And so we walk in this store, and the woman's like, what are you doing here? What are you doing in this neighborhood? And I turned around, and I said, I'm a global citizen. <laughs> I go lots of places. And I want him to have audacity. So I have a hard time speaking about, you know how they are with black boys because they they cancel each other out on some level. I'm always struggling with yeah. how to yeah. make him spread his wings as far as they can span without making him feel afraid yeah. to fly. Mm-hmm. And that's, Yeah, and that's one of the things I
2: was that's I was so afraid about Naeem not having you know, growing up, just because he because he, very different, you know, name was he was sickly when he was young, he had a whole diff- bunch of medical stuff going on, but to see him now as a young man, and just to, because to, that's all I wanted for him too, you know, and he still has wings to spread and stuff, but he's secure mm-hmm. in the type of man that he is. He can even say things like, I know I'm not the most masculine or whatever, you know, he the, the fact that he can, that he, he's safe enough and he knows himself enough, like, you know, and I, it's, it's true, you want these things for your kids. You want him to be, have audacity. You want these things, and I wanted certain things too. But what I wanted most of them was to believe in himself and to stand in their own truth. Mm-hmm. And that is what I'm so happy that happened. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he, now he could be neater or cleaner or whatever, but he's he's his own person. And that's what I love about him. He's his own unique person. He has a unique point of view, and he's not afraid to say it. Like. I even even when, I, when he gets a job, stuff is too much for him. Like I'm so proud of him. He's starting at the Y today too. Mm-hmm. He he let people know, no, that's that's going to be too much for me. Like he's 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 he he's advocate. a perfect advocate for himself. Mm-hmm. You know, with his you which know. is amazing. Yes, and that's a, yes, which is which is great because that's always been the thing. Like, are you going to be able to advocate for yourself when you go to the hospital? And it's. All my fears are just gone. Gone when I see him now, because I and I see how where he he's gonna go because he's gonna we all in, a work in progress. But um, and Zachary will be all those things.
1: Well, yeah, and I mean I hope so. And I I I'm I'm not really afraid of him socially. Like socially in terms of where he's supposed to be at this point, I'm not really afraid for him. But I but I feel like he trusts me, and that's yes. very important. Yes.
2: I love the fact that you said he trusts you, and that's what you build upon. Yeah. Because that, what I find with my son, even to this day, he always says, I trust you the most out of anybody in the world. And that coming from a 25-year-old, it's, a, it's a beautiful. You know, the fact that they, you know, because that's what you want. You want them to trust you. And I always say, have I ever led you wrong? Even when he doesn't listen to me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't listen to me. Sometimes I give him advice, he doesn't listen. And he can come back and say, ah, I should listen to you, you know, because I trust your Opinion And that's That's beautiful That you know Zachary trusts you Well
1: I I I want him To really Have Experience Joy And 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 I feel Like so much So many of The joy stealers they boys don't get to be joyful they don't get to smile they don't get to walk down the street and run with the sun beating down on their face but do you try to
2: encourage those things in him because i know naeem is sensitive and kind Mm -hmm. and those are the things i always i always try to i I always tell him about himself when he's down on himself you're the kind, one of the kindest people I know you're one of the strongest people I know so I try I try to foster those things you know mm-hmm. I love to hear you laugh like I, it's true they don't mm-hmm. experience so much joy I love to hear your laughter is so infectious mm-hmm. like you try to get them to feel that because you don't want them to be hard and feel like they have to be this stereotype of what a black man or what a man should be you
1: know? well we we um enjoy. Zachary is is a talker and a communicator. Just like his mom. And yeah, and he (laughs) exactly, and um, and I'm animated, so he is too. He he (laughs) loves when I'm, so I feel like. I model it like I like I'm silly and I and I mm-hmm. want him mm-hmm. and that's part of the audacity thing and that's part of like you know take up space in the room like why not you are allowed to be joyful you are allowed to laugh that's you are just jo- to, to frolic you mm-hmm. are especially now you're ten like when are you supposed to mm-hmm. if not now when can you be mm-hmm. free of of this box this this get that's, in this get mm-hmm. in the Get in the frame of being miserable and, 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 you know, and it becomes habitual. And then, you know, the kids that began with that early on, for whatever reasons, um, I meet in high school, and then you have to take, you have to chisel all mm-hmm. of that wall away yeah. to kind of even say that, hey, learning is fun. So yeah, so I just feel like that's what's the most important to me is that while we're m- growing together and learning and you know being challenged by all kinds of things, that there is still some joy in there because I feel like yeah. um, boys don't get to really play as much as well. Get serious for them real soon. It's too soon. Mm-hmm. It's even too soon. Even with their even
2: in their friendship, sometimes it just gets you. Just want to keep cultivating that. That them having a good time and mm-hmm. having a good time doesn't mean you're doing stupid stuff, you mm-hmm. know, or stuff that's gonna get you in trouble. Yeah, you know, just hanging with your friends and things like that. And then I'm I'm so happy that you know, Naeem has a he has a best friend who's mm-hmm. like the dare. They're just good for each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, at least he's cultivated a friendship. And he has many friendships, but that's a person that's where well, they can experience joy. Like, mm-hmm. they, I was listening to him on the phone, and his friend was like, I love you, I love you too, man. I'm like, whoa, that's, you that's know. nice. No, it is. It's very nice because they're really, really like brothers. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 good to see a friendship like that for him to have that that's a really um i was like wow that's really and i, I you know you know martin whatever but martin, he's like a son to me too mm-hmm. but he that is a really good thing for them and for them both not to be afraid to say it to each other i thought that was amazing yeah
0: so with that i'm wondering you're both talking about positive messages to give your sons and i think that in many ways that builds resilience and that helps them affirm not only who they are, but let society know that they won't be defined by misconceptions, stereotypes, all of those things. So what advice would you give mothers who are actually actively going through this as well? Because you've both spoken about media and how that can, in many ways, shape perceptions of black boys. You've spoken about schools and how that can do that as well. So there's an onslaught of these negative messages. Mm -hmm. Um, And in many ways, I think that Black boys, as well as those who socialize them and raise them, teach them to have kind of this armor Mm -hmm. that where they could take anything and that's just life and this is how they have to go through things. They don't experience joy Mm -hmm. in the same ways that others can. So what would you tell mothers? What advice would you give them?
2: As much as you can, be present and listen, even if it's stuff that you don't want to hear. I mean, be there for them and it just takes a certain kind of, because a lot of mothers, and I have them too, and I've learned throughout the, don't be afraid to learn from your children, your sons. I've had to change my perceptions of what I think masculinity is, and what I think through my son. Like, But you have to, thing is to be open and present, and really sometimes you have, just listen to what they're saying. Even if it's stuff that you don't wanna hear, and like think about it, and try to take it in. Because they have a lot to teach you, and they're going through things that they may not be able to articulate in words, to you but the biggest thing is to be present be pre- as present as you can be and to, to be open to listening to what they have to offer what they have to say
1: yeah and um spend time for me i think it's been it's always very um i think we really do a lot of growing when we spend time together like you know we have summers together and i think that sometimes we're all moving fast. We all are inundated with our own stuff. But sometimes just like taking a walk and like winding down, actively winding down, like taking a walk together or doing a chore together. Like mm-hmm. you um get the broom and I'll, you know, get the dustpan. Like just little things that sort of reconnect them to you because I think um, boys will tell you things when they're moving. (laughs) And then um, ask them really, really great questions like if you could go anywhere in the world. Activate their imagination, I think, you know, with really, you know, if you could um, and it changes, like Zachary's like Dubai, and because he likes the way it sounds, just sort of dreaming with them. Like, where do you see yourself in? If you could live anywhere, because I think that 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 makes them feel. You, but you, you could tell you have a little
2: one still. Those questions get out of my face, Mom. Really? That. When they get older, please. They don't. They still love you, but. And the same thing still goes, (laughs) but you have to have thicker skin because they will blow you off in a minute. Oh, he's
1: blown me off this summer. I mean, like, Zachary went to camp, and so he felt like he was a teenager when he came back because he had, you know, two, three weeks away from me. I would also try and give them those kinds of experiences where they they can be put in in situations that are very different from – what their everyday is and find out what those struct what the best place is, like really do, do some analysis about their personality. Like, you know, I'm the artist, so I you know, put Zachary in this progressive school where they were like, you know, where it was a little freedom and they could kind of do what they wanted and after school was, you know, they were doing the, all of the, the you know, current dances and it just wasn't working. It wasn't working. That was that fourth grade I got out of there. And I put him in a a, a much more structured, quieter space. And the, the shift that happened last year was amazing. It was just a diff. And, and I realized, oh, my goodness, he's not the progressive kid. He is the kid. <laughs> With structure. That needs the structure. Most kids do.
2: But it's, you know what? It's. I felt like when I was raising Naeem, it was just an upward battle to get him educated and get him in a safe space. I mean, he was even homeschooled for, before it was even a popular thing, and it was like the worst year of his life. All in an attempt to, like just what you're saying, the education was so, and I I had really limited means, like it was literally limited means. And just trying to get him into these school situations for him to have the best opportunity, and it just was exhausting. And it was all fear-based. I was all just, huh, I gotta make sure, you know. It was you, you like you said, you remember how I was, and that's still a part of me. But I've, you know, calmed down. But I would also tell them to, online as what Shawana is saying, to find a joy and try to transcend that fear, not to to to, to really sit with yourself and and and, because a lot of this is going to be for younger mothers as well. Where I was, I would just try to say not to. To find the joy mm-hmm. and the happiness. Because I remember that at one point myself with like, my kids. I don't have a good time with my kids because I'm always da 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 da
1: I was doing that.
2: I mean, on like, the next one, they would come home from their dad's house and they would be having such a great time. And we did this with daddy. I'm like, I'm not even enjoying my children. And I yeah. made a change to enjoy them. But to enjoy their children and to, to kind of like... The fear is going to be there because of the society that we live into, but to really not try to... Um, Controlled. control—not even control, but to put it into their kids. Yes, let that stay. that you deal with it as, as, as an adult. Not let your actions. Let them see your actions being driven by fear, so that they can be audacious. You know, have audacious, audace, audacious, mm-hmm. and they can feel the joy and and know that they're worthy of joy. Because I know,
1: you know, it took me a minute
2: to figure out, figure, figure those things well, out. Well,
1: I think it takes you a minute because I think you know, like being a single mother or you know I'm an only child so like even that <laughs> like I there are no aunties yeah so you have to I had to snap into this like it's gonna be all right mm-hmm. because it has to be and not you know because I have to walk through this world and I have to teach this boy to walk through this world without f- the first thought being that it's gonna be horrible mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean or that it's not going to happen or it's not going to get done. And last year I started letting him walk to school by himself. Now we're only four blocks away from his school, but still, it's a big step. He fought me for it, and this morning, of course, he's like, I got to go, I got to go, you're going to make me late, you're going to make me late. And I'm like, Zachary, I'm going to school on the first day with you, so stop, stop it. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, like, I guess this is going to be a day by day thing because I I guess I can't take it away from him cuz I we started it already but I did have a, like I, you've been with me now every day for the last, you know, couple of weeks. I don't I'm not really used to that anymore. You
2: you have to watch your you have to, you have to be mindful of your own inner chatter and on the same note, my son is 25 years old just recently decides he wants. not decides, but after discussion, he's moving in with his father because he lives with me. I went through all kinds of changes. Cause Alicia was like, my our friend Alicia, she's like, Priscilla, he's been with you for twenty five years. You're gonna have, you're gonna go through so, even though it was a good change, mm-hmm. of course he's big. He needs to go. He needs to <laughs> But it's still you're gonna have those feelings at every stage of and of course I'm I'm totally fine now, but Every time that little independence, you see a little independence stirring, you're going to have a little pain or something.
1: Yeah, and then the other thing is, like, I'll see his friends who are, who don't know how to cross the street. And so there is that sort, yeah. that there is that, well, which I, I, I don't want Zachary to be unable to be a kid who lives in New York City because things happen so fast here and that he needs to acclimate to where he lives and make those adjustments. And we talk about it. Zachary, if you see crazy, back up from crazy. Like, very simple. If somebody's coming down the street and they look a little off, you make an adjustment <laughs> you 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 go to the store just and you be aware of your and just be aware and respond and we have those dialogues of just making adjustments being aware looking around you learning to there are things and this is not just the police this is about who has positional power in this situation Because there's always someone that has positional power. Mm -hmm. You know, your teacher has positional power because she could fail you. Your mother has positional power because she could um, take the batteries out of that Xbox. (laughs) And teaching that whole positional power space of if you really want to win, sometimes you're just gonna have to take the short and and be quiet, (laughs) you know? And that doesn't begin at the police. That's so. So we're not. I'm not even talking about no police. No police want you. Ain't doing nothing for the police to be involved at this point. But what we are, I am talking about is knowing how to negotiate relationships and space. That's a lot for a ten year old. But it. But it. It's but good. it's real. No, it is. Because it's it's a real conversation. Because I think sometimes. When we talked about domain-based or code-switching, a lot of kids don't understand, like, you cannot talk to everybody the way you talk to your friend. But it takes
2: takes a lot of repetition. Yeah. It takes a lot of patience Mm -hmm. because you work with the kids, even with my own children. Code-switching was huge for Naeem, and I'm still, I'm not your friend. Mm Mm-hmm. Change up your language. Yeah. So that's ongoing. That's on, because this culture reinforces it. Oh yeah. You talking to everybody the same way. So when you go into the classroom and you say cold switch, I know Alicia does it. She says you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta change up your language. I'm the teacher now. Change your language when I'm here. Not every teacher is doing that. Yeah. So it just takes a lot of reinforcement and, and you know, he probably gets it a little bit now. He's gonna get it more as he gets older. But I know that has always been an ongoing thing, especially when he becomes a teenager. With Naeem, I was always Asha's great with cold switching. Mm-hmm. She she's getting a little lax now, but she always I didn't even know she cursed for so long until <laughs> recently I'm like, oh my God. Because she knows she doesn't she knows how to speak around me. Mm-hmm. But you know.
1: But these are valuable skills that go beyond the house. And and I think that those are things are gonna be in his they're gonna be in their kit. Even if they don't even if yeah. they slip up. It's just like building a kit. And I think that it's very important that um you 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 arm them with this very You arm them with these very practical and it's like the high and the low. And then see what happens in the middle. I think you arm them with these, for me, these really grandiose, anything is possible, the world is your oyster, whose world? You do, you go there. And then you also then say, this is how you get there. Mm -hmm. This is how you survive. Relationships are very important. You know, some people hire who they like. Sometimes it's not about being the smartest one. It's about being the one who everybody wants to see come through that door. And yes, do your work. Be consistent. Be on time. You know, you raise them but then you also arm them with this real practical survival and you don't root it in. You don't validate the 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 narrative by 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 speaking to it all the time. You need to be doing this stuff because you need to do it. <laughs> And then you model, you know, you model, like, I'm successful. I'm successful because I'm your mother, and you want for nothing. You love. You are loving. You're here. You have eyes. You can see. You've already won some part of the race. Ain't nothing wrong with you.
2: <laughs> no, but I think when it comes down to it, like, to, um, to wrap it up, what we want to ch- show mothers, because not everyone's going to be at the same place in their development and their access or even access to information it's just a, you know try to find the joy and in, in, in the joy in your kids
0: and with that I just want to thank you both so much for just this conversation and sharing so much for yourselves and your lives and I know that it'll definitely help others so thank you thank you
2: thank you I hope it does <laughs>
0: Thanks for joining us. I'd like to thank our sponsors, our presenters, Ms. Priscilla Shorter and Ms. Shawana Kemp, and our producer, Brianna Gonsalves. To learn more about our work and to check out some of our resources, visit mcsilver.nyu.edu and ctacny.org. Until next time, this is Jason Jones, and we are changing the narrative together.